Conversations with Catholic Voices. Tackling the tough questions with Daniel Noor and Catholic Voices Australia. Hello, Cradio listeners. My name is Daniel Noor. I'm a young Catholic, I'm a convert to the faith, and I have an incessant uh, series of questions to ask. In fact, it's almost now a year since I converted. We're going on a year. Uh, I have some confusion and apprehension about things too, not just the church's teachings stem from my ignorance, but also from the church, the church's rather public reputation in society and the moral and theological and also political issues which so often cast it in the limelight. And so we're getting things straight on all of those counts in today's instalment of Conversations with Catholic Voices. Cradio, Sydney's seminal network for young Catholics, has given me another representative of the church. We have uh, fresh blood today. They have allowed me to have at it, and that's exactly what I plan to do. It's Andrew Milne who we're talking to. Andrew was trained as an engineer and a lawyer, but he's decided that his passion is elsewhere and plans on becoming a religious studies teacher. He's married with a son, and he lives in the suburbs of Melbourne. Thank you for joining us today, Andrew. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you for having me. So it's asylum seekers and both, you know, the church's response to the uh, issues in the news and also the church's teachings on the matter, on Mm. offering help for uh, those seeking asylum. That's what we're talking about today. So I will give some context before we start that Australia has had... um, a longish and troubled history with this issue. Uh, We stand obliged, as do all developed nations, to meet the demands of certain UN conventions on the matter. It's the UN convention relating to the status of refugees, as amended by the 1967 protocol, the Refugee Convention, which defines that a refugee is someone uh, who uh, seeks outside of their own country uh, protection, being unwilling or unable to return due to a well-founded fear of being persecuted because of their race, religion, nationality, their membership of a particular social group or political opinion. Asylum seekers or refugees and migrants have very different experiences, and I am reading directly here from the Human Rights uh, Commission website, humanrights.gov.au, and migrants choose to leave their home country and can choose where to go and where they might return to their home country. The point that we're looking at today is that since uh, 2012, and perhaps slightly before then, the Australian government introduced an enhanced screening process for people who come unauthorised to vote from Sri Lanka, and in any case have cracked down on the uh, relative openness or the comparative openness of their asylum-granting policy. Uh, And the Human Rights Commission, as are many uh, non-affiliated bodies, non-government organisations and UN representatives, are concerned that this process may not contain a sufficient safeguard to protect people from being removed to a country where they face a real risk of significant harm. Uh, And so, in response to the government's crackdown, to the tightening of policies, uh, we, we will be looking at the church's teachings today. So, Andrew, knowing then that Australia's asylum policies are notoriously strict, what is the teaching, and let's just start here, what is the teaching of the Catholic Church 
on this matter, on the seeking of asylum? Mm. So the starting point, Daniel, is that the, the church stands in solidarity with, with the, each and every migrant. Um, and so the way that as Christians we are, are to approach migrants and those in need is, is through the virtue of charity. And it's in charity that we are able to work through the ethnic and cultural differences, which otherwise might be a source of division or disunity. Um, and so, uh, I guess as a Christian, we're, we're commanded to love our neighbor. So, so who is our neighbor? Well, it's, it's, the church makes very clear to us that it's every human being is our neighbor. Anyone in need, even if he is a stranger, is our neighbor. And of course, we have the, the, the story of the Good Samaritan in the New Testament. And I guess that, that really sums up, um, the role that Christians have in the world. Um, to, to, to go beyond, um, cultural norms and to reach out to those in need and to, to offer real help in, in their time of need. Mm. Um, so, so that's really the starting point, I guess. And, um, from there, uh, we have to, we have to, um, then look at the, what are, can be very complex policy decisions and, and, and consider how how we apply this um, this standard of care to to resolve those policy issues. Mm. Yes, uh, I I'm sad to think, as an outsider looking in, that I I, I don't work in um, asylum making policy. Although I have spoken um, in an interview once to Philip Roddick about this mm. for a magazine, and mm. there was a kind of pragmatism that I saw there. And mm. I w- would hate to think that it's ever the case that something as pure and as unaffected as love could mm. be manipulated somehow um, mm. or degraded by mm. those pragmatic concerns, some of which, mm. so, for example, you know, will the voters like it? Will mm. it how will we come mm. across? And yeah, all of that. Sure. And all of mm. that. And I would be very interested to know mm. more about how the Catholic Church proposes to stay true to to the truth, you know, in in the face of mm. of all of those challenges, mm. Um, mm. and perhaps this leads us into our second question, which is what is the Church's response to? I've written here that there are specific case studies of Australia's treatment of asylum seekers, so that I think mm. that would be a good place to start. And then I would also, um, beyond this, just like to know. Um, you know, how has the church responded to the public sentiment? So what is yeah, that? Yeah. What is the church's response to the specific case study of Australia's treatment of asylum seekers? And, mm, um, mm. well, yeah, if you could just give a, a, some general advice there. Yeah, yeah, sure. So there's, there's certainly plenty of um, uh, material out there in terms of media releases and interviews um, with the church speaking out uh, essentially against the way in which Australia has treated um, asylum seekers. Um, certainly when we had the, uh, the Tampa affair unfolded in 2001, um, at the time the then Archbishop of, of Sydney, George Powell, criticised um, Howard's approach and he used the words mean and excessively harsh um, in terms of the way in which we were deter- deterring boat arrivals. Um, and he also complained that 
mandatory detention of asylum seekers in hot and isolated places, um, which appeared to be the, the, the policy of both side of, uh, sides of politics, is not, not good and wise policy. And, and he particularly noted that, you know, especially for women and children, this is just really not appropriate. Um, mm. And again, he, uh, he, he went on to say that Australia could be more generous. I mean, if we put it in context uh, of, uh, of numbers, I mean, the refugee intake is pretty small in terms of our overall immigration quota and, and certainly in terms of the population of Australia. Um, so, so, you know, there have been those calls. And again, when George Powell was elected to the College of Cardinals in two, 2003, I think he mentioned sort of three things um, that he was keen to fight for. And, and one of those things was asylum seekers. And he again said, it's been too hard and too tough on the asylum seekers. And we need to, we need to do better. And he, uh, he mentioned Nauru and, you know, the length of incarceration, all of these factors that are, that are very concerning. And certainly more generally, the church in Australia has consistently spoken out via the Australian Catholic Social Justice Council, um, again, in support of the rights of asylum seekers and the need um, to be treated with dignity and to, to have their rights vindicated. Um, the, one of the most recent statements that I came across was in May this year. Um, the Australian Catholic Bishops Conference released a statement urging the government to, to adopt a more humane approach um, and compassionate approach. And it was interesting to see in that statement that they um, rejected any need for offshore processing. And it's been interesting to see how that sort of, you know, I guess that it's, it's a really difficult issue in the sense that, uh, you know, when you have boating accidents and a huge number of people dying at sea, it's very, you know, the, the sort of natural response is to say, well, look, we need to, you know, isn't offshore processing the answer? We should we should be stopping the boats. But but then yeah, it was interesting to see that this media release said they rejected any need for offshore processing. So that, I mean, I guess that's one of those issues that it's a policy question and there's problems. You know, there's never going to be the perfect policy. It's um, I guess it's doing the best we can. That's and honestly seeking to do the best we can, that's what we need to be doing. Yeah, and the government has defined kind of the two alternatives, which is offshore and mm. onshore processing solutions. Yeah. So land, yeah. you know, inland detention centres here in Australia, like in New South mm. Wales, there's one in Villawood. And then yeah. also um, thinking of um, our offshore centres. Um, mm. We do have one at Nauru still, is that the case? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and so, the church you're saying has rejected that kind of thinking. Well, I, I would say, I, sort of looking broadly at what the church has been saying, is that it seems like the offshore processing question is a bit of a moot point. But, but certainly, whatever happens, people need to be put in. Well, well they need to be cared for. Basically, they can't be put on an island. Mm. sort of outposts and left to swelter in the heat where really what it appears is that we're, we're simply trying to deter people for no other reason. I think the key point is that there's huge room for improvement in whatever processing takes place. It's clear that the conditions at refugee camps, wherever they are, are not, uh, it's not nearly as good as they should be. And the other key 
area of concern is the length of time that claims are taking to be to be processed. So there's a huge amount that Australia could be doing to to resolve those issues. I mean, in terms of um, turning back boats and, and that question, I think there's strong points going both ways. I mean, it seems to me that people smuggling is a reality and that it's something that is that is not good. And for that reason, I think it's it's justifiable to want to to want to stop that. But what Australia should be doing is increasing its refugee ta- intake and processing these people swiftly offshore or, or wherever Australia chooses to process them. There is that. And what is there some kind of um, a response? Have the statements been made to address some of the atrocities that we've seen? There was the case of, and I will just briefly look this up with the power of the internet for our listeners, but there was that um, unfortunate um, man who... Um, uh, contracted an infection, a preventable infection, in an offshore um, processing centre. Mm. Um, uh, there were there was a drownings at Nauru. So here we go. There was an asylum seeker who's brain dead after delay in treatment for infection on Manus Island because um, he wasn't given the treatment he needed. It was a cellulitis infection, a common bacterial skin infection. He was an mm. Iranian asylum seeker. And he was finally flown to Brisbane's Mater Hospital, Mater Hospital, but it was too late. It's just one mm. of many. There have also been the mm. drownings, you know, at sea. Uh, and there was, I think there was one at Nauru. But mm. it says here that deaths include those who perish at sea. It's more than 1,000 asylum seekers have died mm. at mm. sea. And that's from the Conversation uh, website. Um, And there have been, you know, there was an Australian Council of Churches, I believe, uh, Mm. released a study about the Mm. effect of uh, refugee uh, camps on the mental health of young children, that many of them were depressed, many of them had very disturbing death fantasies, Uh, they weren't being given a proper education of any kind, they weren't being stimulated, and then there have Mm. been all of the other kind of outrageous events as well, people sewing their mouths shut, people throwing themselves off of buildings. Has the church said, or more importantly, done anything about this? Um, yeah, well, look, certainly, uh, yeah, the church has been a consistent voice uh, in support of asylum seekers. In terms of what the church has done, I mean, to be honest, I'm, I'm not fully up with that, but I, I would imagine that uh, certainly... The various agencies of the church are involved in, in helping asylum seekers. Um, I certainly have no doubt about that. But I but I guess there's it becomes I, I guess there's it's one issue helping refugees who are in Australia that we actually have access to. But it's quite another issue trying to help asylum seekers when the government government policy essentially prevents prevents normal sort of access in terms of helping these people. So so I think. Um, I imagine that the church is somewhat hampered when it comes to, for example, people on offshore processing centres to the extent to which, yeah, the church can help assist those people. I suppose this brings us into the idea of the sentiment behind Mm. the government policies that decide the fates of so many strangers Mm. to our country. Mm. Accounting for the statistics, especially of the... I've, I've, I think it's more than ambivalence. I think it's actually, the, in some cases, hatred of many Australians toward asylum mm. seekers. Yeah. Where is that? Is mm. Australia a racist nation? Yeah, well, look, I think that's, that's a question that 
has to be asked. And certainly um, the most recent Catholic Bishops Conference statement had a very poignant sort of section in it. And one of the sentences was, the white Australia policy was thought to be dead and buried, but perhaps it has mutated and is still alive. So, look, I think I think these are real questions, and it's pretty clear that Australia needs to do better. I think, I think what's going to be very interesting is to see the way in which um, the situation of Islamic extremism develops in the Middle East and the extent to which terrorists manage to carry out further acts of violence in Western natures, nations. I mean, this is we can't pretend that this is sort of going to unfold in isolation to the debate on asylum seekers. And so I guess the church needs to be doing, and, and all Christians need to be doing all they can to sort of cool down the rhetoric, I guess. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of strong words being used in public debate, and this is not going to help the plight of asylum seekers. Mm. We need to, we need to, I guess, proceed with charity and seek to open channels of dialogue to try and work to to resolve these situations. We've heard some of the li- the lingo, you know, the queue jumpers. That's something that was, I suppose, addressed by a recent SBS documentary called go back to where you came from, there was an audience for this uh, kind of program in Australian society, which was to send celebrities back to the countries from which most asylum seekers come, Iran, Afghanistan, war-torn countries, and then to see their entrenched views suddenly change, shift with experience. Queue jumpers is part of the lingo. Um, Mm. You know, as uh, then many people claim there is no such thing as a queue, actually, but this kind of belief has somehow... Mm subverted or, you know, become entrenched in the Mm. view of Australians. And then there are the various aggressive flash-in-the-pan political movements as well, the One Mm. Nation Party, and many since then that would have us really be frightened of the threat, Mm. of the threat that, I suppose, outsiders who are invading our country, reportedly. And, Andrew, that, that is what is going to lead us, I think, into our next segment, which is um, the government's policy on these issues, and more specifically, how the church has grappled with that. So, we thank you so much for joining us, Andrew. Um, do stay with us for, for next Thanks, time. Thanks, Daniel. And thank you. to our listeners, we encourage you to uh, browse the many other fantastic podcasts right here on Cradio, and to join us in segment two uh, of the church and Asylum Seekers. You've been listening to Conversations with Catholic Voices. You've been listening to Conversations with Catholic Voices. Stay tuned for more episodes at cradio.org.au and for more information on Catholic Voices Australia, visit catholicvoices.org.au. dot org dot au